and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Today's episode was prompted by a series of emails and texts between myself and Quest On contributor Melanie Feliciano, because every day this past month, somehow, it seemed Puerto Rico was in the news, and usually for something spectacular. As our listeners know, and if you don't, you're about to know, uh, we have a vertical on the site called Reconstruction, which was started and conceived by Melanie Feliciano in response to Hurricane Maria and the rebuilding efforts in Puerto Rico. We've since had stories on solar power in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican superheroes, and most things in between. To give you a sense of how overdue we are for a new post in the vertical and a podcast, a reconstruction podcast, I'll give you a rundown of some of the stories from my exchanges with Melanie. These were back and forth on text and email. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the young Puerto Rican woman from New York City, uh, who everybody knows now, uh, was sworn into Congress officially. I mean, her name has been in the zeitgeist for months now, uh, but it's official. She's in D.C. The second piece was the most recent Spider-Man film, which features a Puerto Rican Peter Parker. His name's not Peter Parker. It's Miles Morales. Uh, the film was a huge hit, and it won a Golden Globe, which, I mean, you know, is a testament. There's a lot going on in conversations about representation and superhero films and films in general, but that's pretty remarkable. Uh, that actual, the comic that it was based on came up in earlier conversations we've had about Puerto Rican superheroes, uh, which I'm sure Melanie will want to expand on. Early in January, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, which he himself is, he's just like enough of a like cultural juggernaut that he doesn't even need a hook in the news, just the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda, first of all, was in the new Mary Poppins movie, which I haven't seen, but I've heard it's good. I'm, I'm old school, so I'm like waiting, you know what I mean? But I've actually heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, he, he plays the male lead in that film. And in January, he started a 17-day run of Hamilton in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, and although most of these things, I mean, all of these things are overwhelmingly positive. Uh, there's also some sad news, and there's a lot going on on the island at all times. I was very encouraged by how much uh, positive news there was, but we do need to mention that uh, a man named Kevin Frett, who was an openly gay Puerto Rican trap artist, he's a rapper, uh, kind of a cultural sensation really, uh, was shot and killed in Puerto Rico. And the shooting, you know, as it was reported on here in the United States, was presented in the context of what what some in the media have called a wave of daytime killings in Puerto Rico. Um, so that's a lot. And I know that there are things I've left out. There's a lot of context to provide. But that's why Melanie is here. Let me start by welcoming Melanie Feliciano, who we all know as contributor to Reconstruction, a frequent guest on our show, uh, and one of the founding members of Quest on Media. Uh, so welcome to Melanie. And before we proceed, let me thank and welcome our venerable producer, Eming Piancai. Thank you, as always. And please, I'm going to make you jump in, Eming. I'm going to pull you into this conversation. As we discussed, this show is all about um, adopting authority. Talk like you uh, know nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, I, uh, like I said, 
I, I know a couple things, but I need help. So, Melanie, uh, let me first just let me start by asking. Uh, we didn't get to unpack any of this. Like, we haven't really spoken about this email and text exchange. Uh, but do you think, uh, as I do, that this really is like a pretty remarkable sequence of events for you know what is a small place in the Caribbean that has mostly been in the news uh, for you know a, a lot of tragedy since the storm? Does this feel like? a turn to you? Does this feel like um, a ray of sunshine? Am I being too optimistic here? Or is it just, is it just a series of headlines and it doesn't mean anything beyond that? Help me out. Okay. So is this, so you're trend spotting right now. And I think that that's a really good thing to do as a journalist. Um, You know, if, if you're covering a beat, you know, you're noticing that there's more positive stuff happening and, I've never seen the New York Times name Puerto Rico the number one place to go uh, in in its list of 52 places to go for a single year. So uh, <clears throat> obviously they're um, they're giving it a bit of a push, and um, and that's that's very positive. And then you know I I was linking it as I was reading, I was like, Oh, okay. So this also comes out the same time that Hamilton is opening and maybe they're trying to get all the rich people in New York to fly down to San Juan to watch the show. <laughs> and the thing that I thought was crazy is that, um, there's, there's a few still available for the closing show, which happens January 27th, which is this Sunday, um, at the bargain price of $5,000. Um, <laughs> 4,000 something and change that goes straight towards um, the arts organization called um, Flamboyan Arts Fund. Um, And so, you know, he's a big figure in the arts community. And I always think that for any place, any city, it's usually the arts that help people get through tragedy or trauma or um, you know, just working th- through and processing all of the um, the hardships that they've gone through over the last year. So I think it's a really great way to um, reinvest into the island. Um, and so I was really excited about that. And I ended up actually promoting the link to his website where you can buy that $5,000 ticket that gets you also like VIP backstage passes. And then you get to go hobnob with all these um, people that are affiliated with the show. I'm definitely not trying to take anything away from Manuel Miranda, but I, I had like maybe a more romantic idea in my head about what this was where I'm like, first of all, uh, it's, it's not really possible for normal people as far as I know to go see Hamilton. Wait, 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 wait. But let me let me interrupt you because my mom said the same thing. He had different tiers for the tickets. So for Puerto Ricans on the island, there was a lottery where they could buy tickets for ten bucks each. So so he made it accessible. Where's the where's that I, I want a lottery in New York City, man. I want a ten dollar <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm very I'm happy to hear that. I knew that he would have considered it in some way. Of course, in my mind, again, I'm an optimist. I'm very romantic. So I'm like, oh, he's just swinging open the doors to the theater, you know, like first come, first <laughs> serve. Um, 
but it makes sense that it would be a fundraiser specifically for uh you know an arts related fundraiser uh i'm happy to hear that that guy is everywhere yeah. that guy is everywhere between yeah. him i mean think of it think of it as like the, the most amazing kickstarter right he gave perks and there's tears and right. he's like hey if you give five thousand dollars you get a ticket to the show and in new york it's impossible to get tickets you wait for I don't know how long is the wait list. It's like a year and a half or something. Yeah, like they have like a daily don't... lottery, and even if you win the lottery, you still have to pay I think thousands of dollars. Really? Yeah, That's exactly. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck I mean, that. Broadway, Broadway shows are expensive anyway. I'll go watch Frozen <laughs> for thirty-five bucks or something. Good. They should put or that mean, quote. Mean Girls. Yeah. I do kind of want to see those, that. Even those are hard to get. Those are hundreds of dollars. You know, I went to go see Kinky Boots recently, and it was like not inexpensive. You know, mm-hmm. but was certainly not thousands of dollars. I liked it. I wasn't sure. I mean, I like musicals in general, um, but I sometimes like the new quote unquote new ones. You know, like I like the classic stuff. I like Sound of Music, Music Man, West Side Story. Some of the newer stuff, like you know, I saw Rent when I was a teenager and I was like, I don't know, man, I'm not that into it. Not that it's a bad show. It just didn't, it didn't land with me. So the newer ones, sometimes I think like, I don't know how the way by kinky boots. It's fantastic. Really, really like actually like excellent story, great music, wonderful performing, like a lot of fun, very light, loved it. Two Mm. thumbs up. Highly recommend. (laughs) I haven't seen any of the Disney ones though, which I'm interested in, but those are usually like, you know, the more expensive tickets. The Lion King's really good should see that yeah. if you've ever seen one. That one's good. No, I know. That's it's, it's close to the top of By the, the way, list. we're very off topic right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm fine with... Puerto Rico, New York, Broadway. Like, I want to give back to um, Alexandria... Um, Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria, yeah, sorry, yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Because it's not just her. So, like, this is part of the positive news as well. Like, she's just come in and taken Congress by storm and, you know... Instagram and um, they are calling her Trump's worst Twitter enemy, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and nice she's match. actually on Saturday Night Live. They were joking that um, she's giving the rest of the Congress people lessons in how to tweet. Yeah, and and um, and it's I actually guess- a good idea. Like it's a well conceived sketch, right? Like obviously, it's a very funny idea for uh, snl but it's also like why aren't they doing that you know what i mean if you want to talk about like messaging (laughs) yeah good good yeah because i think that's that's the way this culture war will be won as we can see is you know whoever controls the message uh and the message is happening on twitter well, the joke was that Chuck Schumer was giving Zumba lessons afterwards. So that was, that was, that was the punchline. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about her. Um, and the fact that she's become a household name is really exciting and brings, bless you, brings, you. you know, it brings, um, you know, I don't think it makes anybody think about Puerto Rico necessarily, but, you know, she's, um, She's like Lin-Manuel Miranda and like me, you know, our parents are from there. And so in some respects we represent, and I do want to say on top of that, Elizabeth Warren is trying to represent actually this week. She's in Puerto Rico right now. Nice. She, since she actually started her campaigning for president and she's saying that, you know, basically that, 
they were treated terribly without respect, you know, after um, the hurricane. And um, I guess there's a report that just came out that, you know, Texas and Florida both got um, m- much faster and more generous um, response from the federal government than Puerto Rico did. Um, so, you know, she's she's saying what she needs to say um, to, you know, well, they, you know, they vote in the primaries. Yeah. And I remember in 2008 when it really was uh, neck and neck with Obama and Hillary, you know, it was like, wow, they, they, they looked at the numbers like Puerto Rico might decide this thing. If it goes long enough, you know, and then you saw like a picture of Hillary Clinton, like hanging out of the, the top of a Jeep, you know, dancing uh, uh, in Puerto Rico. I thought, man, the, this uh, we've never seen a primary drag on so long that um, the, the vote in Puerto Rico suddenly became relevant. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, I mean, they're pushed to the end. Yeah. So I think actually that might be wrong. Um I don't think Puerto Ricans can vote in the primaries. They can vote later on. They do vote in the primaries. Why would that be the case? I don't understand. Because it's it's really arbitrary. Um, Only if you're in the 50 states um, voting rights in Puerto Rico. I just wanted to look it up really quick because I remember there's something that they can't vote for. They can't vote for... So they don't have voting representation in Congress, right? So they don't have oh. like, a representative, they don't have a senator, uh, and they don't and they don't have electoral votes for president. But mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, as well as the Virgin Islands and Guam, can participate in the primary process and presidential primary process. Okay. Um, so they don't have the voting rights that they should have, but yeah. at the end of a knockdown drag drag out brawl for a nomination. Um, candidates are welcome to go pander in Puerto Rico for an extra couple votes. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I think thank that's in, I, I think that's in the sure. Constitution. <laughs> okay, God, I okay. hope so. <laughs> the pandering part. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they absolutely do not have the voting rights that they should, and there's a lot of controversy around that, rightly. But yes. they are allowed to vote in primaries. But the territories come after all 50 states have cast their primary votes. Then I think Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Virgin Islands all vote on the same day, which we don't hear about because typically in a primary race, it's been decided long before that. But 2008 just took so long. That's why I kind of made a joke about like, wow, I mean, we knew it was down to the wire because people were paying attention to uh, Puerto Rican votes, you know, which is usually not Mm -hmm. the case. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know that that's the reason Elizabeth Warren is down there. I think she's just wisely pointing out what you're saying, uh, which is, you know, although Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, they did not get the same level of relief that Texas and Florida did. And I'm sure that's 100 percent related to the fact that they don't have the same voting rights that people in Florida and Texas have. Although I did not know Elizabeth Warren was there when it was that recently that this week today. She's there now. She's at the FEMA headquarters um, for a briefing. I thought you were going to say that she got her 23andMe back and she's like, yo, I'm point zero 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 nine Puerto Rican. What it do? So the other positive news is the Spider-Man movie. Yes. I haven't. I haven't seen it. So I want to see that so badly. Have you seen it, Russell? No, I haven't seen it either. 
Uh oh. So I guess I know. We can't I say feel much bad about it. Although I can, <laughs> I mean, this came up. Uh, this like iteration of the Spider-Man universe came up. You'll remember this when we were talking about the uh, the comic book, the Puerto Rican comic books, Puerto Rican superhero comic book collaboration yeah. that we yeah. actually covered on the podcast and uh, posted because. Uh, Again, another erroneous claim was made, and I'm using the passive voice here so I don't implicate the person who made the claim, that the superhero in there was the first Puerto Rican superhero. And I, even though the movie, you know, nobody even knew the movie existed, proudly was able to jump in and say, actually, Miles Morales is the Puerto Rican uh, Spider-Man. So I may not have seen the film. Would you like us to edit that into the clip, too, of you having the revelation that wasn't true? Any anytime I'm right about something, just, just go just back insert. and reinsert it into the show. It's, it's Russell was cool. hashtag Russell was right. Um, okay. Well, anyways, so what else about Puerto Rico? Um, These are our. This was like the rapid fire exchange that we had over a couple days, which I think covered all these topics. And the only thing we haven't covered um, is the death of this Puerto Rican trap artist. But thinking about uh, before we even kind of try try and address that, uh, because he is. Uh, a well-known artist, um, Kevin Frett. I'm also reminded of, if you really want to think about, you know, the year of Puerto Rico, we're still within the realm. At the end of 2018, they always say, oh, the best songs of the year. Wasn't 2018 the Despacito year? Right? Didn't, didn't Despacito? 2018? Yeah, 2018. Isn't that when Despacito came out? No, I think it came out in 2017. I think so, too. I think it got oh, it big just, in 2018, it just, but it, it came out in 2018. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, no, now now I'm just obsessed with... Now I'm obsessed with Dua Lipa. That's, that's all I'm listening to now. Oh, Dua Lipa. Nice. We're, you're not alone. I, I myself am a fan of Dua Lipa. Well, I thought she was... So when I saw her videos, I thought she was like a Cuban from Miami. <laughs> I was like, you know, Miami Cubans have that ethnic <laughs> ambiguous fluidity... Yeah, you know I mean, mean? Like she's anybody, Albanian. Anybody, so, yeah. She's Albanian British, I think. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so. Well, I, I, which which song brought you into Dua Lipa before we uh, are reminded that we're on a tangent? Well, it was, it was New Rules. <laughs> I'm a New Rules. New Rules. She's, she's literally, she's literally in Miami and, and she just looks, she's, her, the way they style her, it's like she came straight from Kendall. I was like, what? <laughs> I think she's a chameleon. Again, you know, she's from Albania. No, 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 she is. And then I watched all her other videos, and then I was like, oh, she's like a like beautiful Albanian gypsy in this one. And then this one, she's just like super yeah. sexy, hot. And I was like, damn, this girl is out of control. Is that the one where she has like the short blonde hair and like yes. yeah, yeah, and, and the crop, crop top dancing around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anyways, and on that note, I'm just reminded of, I mean, again, of the cultural impact of art and artists uh, coming from Puerto Rico, because I thought I wanted to lump Despacito into this. 
Like I really wanted like the success of that song to be a part of this conversation, which I guess Despacito never really goes away. You know, there's a Sesame Street. Yeah, it's like full circle. It's like almost a year ago we did that conversation. That's what I mean. That's why I thought it would have been 2018, but I guess it was released in 2017 and it just couldn't, it wouldn't quit. It was the little, (laughs) the little banger that could. Uh, so we've hit on some of these cultural high points, uh, but I am curious just to hear from you because I know that you have family that's in Puerto Rico and, uh, you know, what is going on in terms of recovery at this stage? Like, where are we? Um, what is it like for people who are living there? Have there been improvements? Have, have people achieved a level of stability? What is your understanding of where people are now in the recovery process? Um, well, for my family, it's pretty much back to normal. Um, they're mostly middle class, um, you know, especially my age group, um, the ones that decided to stay on the island. They're educated um, and they had jobs. So they went back to work. Their house was fixed up and they're okay. Um as far as like you know, tourism is 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 coming back um, in a different way. And um, what do you mean by that? Is it like uh, like eco tourism, or is it people who want to support the Puerto Rican economy are going for that reason? What's different about it? Yeah, I think that now that there's been all this awareness after the hurricane there's a little more like, oh, what can we do for the island? Like, instead of just going and partying and trashing it and, and, um, you know, acting like it's Cancun, (laughs) um, it's, I guess people just want to go and, or at least maybe some of the population that visits with, you know, they want to go and actually interact with local people and help them out if they, if they can. Obviously, you're still going to have your fat cats that are still using Puerto Rico as their tax haven. Um, and, you know, they live large there. Um, Forbes magazine has um, Puerto Rico listed as one of the top places to be a digital nomad because it's in the same time zone as, as New York. Um, rather than going to Bali or Thailand, where you're going to be many time zones away from the East Coast, you can just be in Puerto Rico and it's a lot cheaper. And there's a lot of co-working spaces that have been coming up over the last few years, not just after the hurricane, but before that. Um, and that's, that's a trend that's just happening all over the world. Um, so Puerto Rico is definitely following suit in that respect. What happened to those guys who uh, made money off of Bitcoin and then went to Puerto Rico? Do you remember this? Did we have a conversation about this? Uh, which guys, though? Like, so many Bitcoin guys are shady characters. Uh, I just remember around the time that, I mean, this is like, you know, Bitcoin was a huge story around the time that Despacito was still on the radio. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? I don't want to, like, dust this off. No, that's uh, true. It's- but I just remember. Uh, yeah, crypto ut- utopia in Puerto Rico. I just saw that. Yeah, it was, a, it was a New York. It was a New York Times story. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Crypto about, utopia. I like that. about guys who wear leather vests. Apparently, <laughs> I love the look of this guy. Brock Pierce is his name. Are they sure this isn't some kind of like place for retired porn Wait. stars to come? <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just gonna say that that's a porn star from Brock. From uh, wait, Brock Pierce actually is a porn star. I remember that character from um, the one with Marky Mark. Um, the Boogie Nights, Boogie no, Nights, Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah. I thought. Why those Brock, Brock Landers? <laughs> Is it Brock Landers? Yeah, probably. Okay. Anyways, so Brock Pierce. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen him. Yeah, Dirk do... Diggler. It was Dirk Diggler was his name, but the character he played was Brock Landers. Oh right. Okay. And, so... and Chest Rockwell was his was his buddy John C. <laughs> Riley. Okay, but I've seen this guy do videos. He's a total douchebag. Yeah. Well, I think that's the. Th- rest of the story they were very nice to him the thrust, the, of the story. thrust so to speak <laughs> no, that's okay. fine i appreciate it I'm, I'm still a sixth grader at heart <laughs> yeah uh, uh they call it this is right in the lead right in the lead they call what they are building puertopia oh god yeah <laughs> it's pretty gross i'm i'm done with portmanteaus by the way uh oh wait puertopia do you know what puertopia means in latin Eternal Boy Playground? Yes, you are correct. Oh my god. (laughs) Why? No, that sounds... Is that a pedophile ring? What does that mean? (laughs) It just sounds bad. It depends on what word eternal is referring to. Oh my god. Is the playground eternal or are the boys eternal? No, either way. I don't know. This this doesn't have to be gross. This could just be like... It Doesn't could be a Peter Pan good. where, like, these guys are just kind of like rich kids who don't have any responsibilities and they want to be like Peter Pan. And right. they're, just, they're, just, they're the playboys. For whatever reason, though, they didn't want el, Eternal el Boy Playboy. Playboy. El Playboy. Yeah, so does apparently, according to this, dozens of entrepreneurs made newly wealthy by blockchain and cryptocurrencies are heading en masse to Puerto Rico this winter. So this was a story that ran almost exactly a year ago mm-hmm. uh, to build a crypto utopia, which, yeah. I mean, I guess it wouldn't really be, I'm, I'm sure some of this opportunity was created by uh, Hurricane Maria itself, right? Probably. Every time there's a, a hurricane or disaster, yeah. the prices drop. Yeah. You know, so all the rich people flock there and start buying everything. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, New Orleans was Exhibit A. In New Orleans, mm-hmm. Katrina, and, you know, Brad Pitt's got a place there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I just want to, you know, these are the kind of stories that are like, this is like a where are they now moment. Like, everybody remembered, like, oh, whatever happened to those crypto bros making their eternal boy playground? It's like, I don't know. I'd like to follow up on Brock Landers or, I'm sorry, Brock, uh, <laughs> Brock Pierce <laughs> and Chest Rockwell and the, see how they're hanging. The territory's go-to lawyer is Giovanni Mendez. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like- it sounds like a great movie. Let's make it. Yeah, I mean, this really is the making of a screenplay. We can move away from journalism here. I think uh, so. And just profile go-to blockchain tax lawyer, Giovanni Mendez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the most fake. If somebody handed me a business card and it said go-to blockchain tax lawyer, <laughs> I would crumple it up and throw it back in their face. Say, like, you're a fake person. <laughs> maybe this whole thing was just a, a prank on the new york times i don't know but you know yeah, brock don't, landers don't say that, that that promotes fake news 
Some news is fake, man. They still refer to them as the Puertopians, though. I know. Ew. Ew. Puertopians. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to revisit that uh, because, uh, partly because I wanted to introduce the idea of this kind of like disaster opportunism that we saw uh, in New Orleans after Katrina and, and several other places since then. Uh, if you have a sense of any of that's happening in Puerto Rico, but I, I would imagine. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Well, GQ magazine has a an article that came out last or actually in September. And so it says a year after the tragedy of Hurricane Maria. First of all, it's funny. They call it the 51st state in this article. Um, they say it's become the favorite playground for the extremely wealthy. And the big catch is that they have to cut all ties to the mainland wink wink to get their tax benefits they have to say that they live in puerto rico full time right Right. but uh, obviously they get around those those laws and they throw a party every year um for all these rich folks who get together and gq wrote a very interesting article about it with a great illustration with lots of bikini girls wearing Puerto Rican Puerto Rican flag bikinis. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mel, I wanna end by putting you on the spot because the reason, of course, you know, as an editor, the reason I was sending you all this stuff is because uh, I want you to make sense out of it. I'm hoping to get a piece on the site. So have you been brainstorming? Have you been thinking about what the narrative thread here is? Uh, what aspects of these stories you can extract for a little kind of flash in the pan piece for our reconstruction vertical? Well, I mean, I, I wrote, I started a piece talking about the money that Lin-Manuel Miranda's, um, nice. you know, thing was his thing (laughs) his play was like the money that he's raising and i'm curious to know how much he ended up actually raising um the show like i said the closing night is january 27th um you know that could frame it in some way i i would like to kind of focus on the arts and that's sort of where I was going even last year with Despacito and I'm like, okay, that Puerto Rico is just like so rich with artists that come out into the mainstream and make it big. And, um, they say it's like their biggest export, um, the, the art and the music. Um, and if it doesn't benefit the Island in some way, economically, it's sort of, it's like they're exploiting it in a way too. It's like they get all this richness from the culture and somehow it doesn't feed back into the economy there. So um, I think what Lin-Manuel Miranda is starting is hopefully a trend where you've got, you know, people who are a little more conscious about how they treat the island while the crypto boys and the, GQ and Forbes digital nomads are just doing what they do in the rest of the world, you know, going mm-hmm. and exploiting and doing whatever it is that they do. So I think that could be trying to frame it, but without main characters, I do find that, you know, an article lacks a bit. So 
if I can get my cousins to talk to me at a different time, maybe something less formal where it's just me talking to them and maybe I record, especially what Ishmael says, he's very politically active and um, makes a point of not moving to the mainland on purpose to avoid brain brain drain um, of the island. Um, You know, I think that he would be a great person to sort of frame some of the conversation as well. I'm in. I'm on board. I can't wait to see some copy. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Okay. Well, I made a really terrible video and posted it yesterday to promote the the um Miranda's last days of Hamilton um just to get it started and just to get myself into my super gringo character because that's sort of the voice that I feel I use when I write these stories the super gringo it's a good character it's a good place to come from mm-hmm. it's honest uh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. just yeah because yeah, you know my family will be the first to tell you I didn't give a shit about Puerto Rico when I was growing up so it's just you know it's good to just acknowledge that uh i can't wait to see some copy i can't wait to see more videos thanks melanie for coming on trying to help make sense out of all the latest developments in puerto rico i'm very excited to further develop the vertical reconstruction uh for those of you who are listening make sure to check it out there's a lot of good content on there and melanie's story will be up soon thanks everybody for listening thanks to you mel thanks as always to email until next time quest on everybody This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.